put yourself in a position where you can't retreat, where it's do or die, sink or swim. Here's what you'll find out. You'll develop incredible swimming skills. You'll find yourself stroking unlike you've ever seen before. Through the inspiration of desperation, you'll become more creative than ever before. Throw your whole self into it. All you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. But make sure you do all you can do. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Not much, not much, man. I'm excited. This is um this is gonna be our first interview podcast. Um uh folks that have made it this far have already heard the three of us chop it up uh, on our first episode, but this is our first interview, and, and I'm excited about our guest. Uh, it's one of my best friends, known him for many years, um, and we've done a lot of things together. Uh, but to sit down and be able to interview Patrick Barnes, uh, he's local to our area. We grew up in the same hometown, and we'll get into that in the, the interview. But, um, you know, I, I had a lot of takeaways. I hope the folks that are listening um, do as well. One, one for me was just his his philosophy around like things don't happen for a reason you, they happen because of the choices you make and uh, he he embodies that he talks a lot about that in the podcast so I won't spoil it but um, it was pretty powerful to me and and I believe the same thing um, but I thought that was pretty good Bill um, what what's a nugget that you took away yeah you know I obviously I don't know Patrick as well as you do. We all grew up in the same area, but I haven't really gotten to know Patrick until the last you know five or six years getting involved in real estate so and and becoming friends with him. but it was really cool for me to hear more of his story, um just how he came up and you know why he has the belief system that he has and and I'm just so impressed at how much he's done with it and and how much he's willing to hustle every day. I just think it's I thought it was a cool, cool interview, yeah. How about you, Tim? What'd you get from it? You don't know Patrick, so this yeah, is the exposure to him. I don't know him. However, after the podcast, man, I feel like I understand his story a lot. You know what I mean? I think one of the things that really stood out for me is that he finds a way to capitalize on, on every opportunity, right? So try to maximize any opportunity that he gets and ways to profit from it. I know he gives a story about Walmart, and uh, it was pretty exciting to hear, man. It was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I, I, I was excited to do it and sit down with one of my best friends for the first episode and first interview I've done. Um, so yeah, we'll get right into it. Um, as always, uh, we'll lead off every podcast, just reminding folks that, um, nothing we talk about in these interviews is intended to be professional advice or legal advice or anything like that. It's just the opinion of us and our guests. And, uh, and sometimes we, we encourage everybody to be authentic and be themselves. Um, so some episodes are going to have some mature topics, some mature language. So just, just know that listening to it. Um, but with that, we'll get right into the episode and hope y'all enjoy. All right. Mr. Barnes, how's it going, man? Going well, Mr. How are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I'm excited, man. This is, um, as you know, this is our very first podcast so, yes, sir. Uh, for Burn the Boats. And, well, it's our first interview. Our first podcast was one with Bill and Tim and myself just kind of introducing everything. But um, I'm particularly excited to have you as our first guest um because you have been a big part of just my journey in general um and i'll kind of set the table here patrick's one of my very best friends so um and we grew up in the same hometown um we are a couple years apart um i'd say two or three years apart so back in high school and like through college and stuff we we kind of ran with different crews and really didn't we knew of each other we didn't hang out much but after i got back home from college um patrick and i really connected and um ever since then it's just been you know we've we've got a lot of the same approaches to things uh we've spent we've had a lot of shenanigans together a lot of good laughs and uh but one thing we've always had in common is like we we go all in to just about everything we you know if we're into it and we get obsessed about it we're all in on it and uh one commonality we've had is real estate. So we've kind of, from both of us an early age, just always been intrigued by it. Uh, back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I admired Patrick a lot because of his willingness to just dive in to real estate deals and stuff. And he kind of got into it before I did. And then 
I jumped in a little bit later, but um, but it means a lot to me to have you on here and be our first guest uh, because of what you've meant to, to my journey. You've been a good mentor, good friend, and uh, I appreciate you. So with that, we're going to jump right into it, man. Um, and this is, you know, uh, like we say on every podcast, is nothing scripted about this. So right. we'll go wherever you want to go with it. We do have a few questions we ask everybody, but uh, we'll get into those in a little while. Um, but tell us about yourself, man, who you are, your journey, and then we'll just go from there. Well, I appreciate the introduction. Yeah. Um, I've been friends all the way back to your days at Anna's and my days at the Surrey House. Yeah. Um, started out in the restaurant business, uh, both of us out of college, and that grew old quickly. Um, uh, born and raised here in Surrey County, just like you said. Uh, my mom was a teacher at Surrey County Schools, so I, I stayed in public schools where you and all the rest of uh, that crew uh, went to Tidewater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we became, you know, stayed friends. I'm still very good friends with, with a lot of those guys. Um, still best of friends with you. I, I moved out of Surrey for a couple of years, uh, but quickly moved back, and we regained our, our friendship and time together. Um, I mean, I can still see you standing behind the old counter at the old Anna's and, <laughs> and throwing pizzas. Yeah, throwing pizzas. Right. It's now about to become a, its fifth different restaurant. Yeah, right. Um, so definite, definite journey for sure for both of us. But um, it's been fun. Uh, it's been, it's been enlightening. I was thinking the other day about I was talking to a guy at work and he's in his twenties, and he was talking about how he needed money to do this or needed money to do that. And I thought to myself, you know, that was us. That was yeah, me. That right. was me for sure. Yeah. In your 20s, you got all these hopes and dreams, and one day you turn around, you're 40, and you've, you've, you've started, um, you know, started realizing those dreams and, and the, all the things you've worked for and, and the, the the pennies you squirreled away and the, the, the sacrifices you made yeah. to get there. And now, now we're here, and we have all these, you know, we're building opportunities to grow and do things in our life and career with investing and all the above. It's just right. a really exciting time of life to be um, – yeah. You know, when you work hard and, and set your priorities young to younger and like to get where you want to be. You know, you never like we never knew where things were going to take us. You know, we just always had this mindset. I remember early on you and I and we still joke about it today, but we always were putting together our like debt free in five years plan. And we you know, we we come up with these some of them were just stupid, but, yeah. you know, just crazy strategies of how we were going to be debt free and own 10 rental houses. And, you know, we're just going to live off that forever. And, uh, you know, it's funny at that time, we didn't know how we were going to do it. We're certainly not debt free right now, but we've learned how to, you know, in a sophisticated way, use, you know, debt to our advantage and stuff like that. But, uh, it's been a fun, fun journey, man. And I, I know, you know, this, this podcast, the theme of it is, you know, basically revolves around mindset. And one thing I've always admired about you is, like I said earlier, you, you've always locked in on different things. You've locked in on a bunch of different things, but you, you lock in and you go all in. And, but what I've admired most, and, and it's been, you know, just being friends with you and it's rubbed off on me as well, but your positive approach to everything, like, I've seen you go through, and we we don't have to go through details, but some serious challenges, both personally and um, you know in business and with real estate deals. And you never waver, man. Like you, you have this mindset of, okay, this is the <laughs> challenge I'm faced with. How the hell am I gonna figure it out? Right. And then you go right into figuring it out. And and I've watched you transition into being a real estate agent and apply those same principles and mindset to your clients and help them get through challenges and stuff right. like that. So where does that come from? Like where, where, what's the foundation there? Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer that life is about choices. Um, I, I'm not a worrier. I don't stress over, over too much. Um, I, I, my life started out a little bit different than most people's. My dad passed away when I was eight. Uh, my granddad, his dad passed away when I was 10. I spent a lot of time around my mom and my grandmother um, and, and they really raised me, um, you know, in a way we, we were Surrey County folks. My mom was a teacher raising three kids. I have an older brother and an older sister. Um, thankfully my dad had a, a small life insurance policy that, that helped us stay on our feet. My grandmother was half mile down the road. I could walk across the field to her out, her house. Um, I really learned a ton from her. I, my love, I love to cook. I love to entertain. I love to host people. And that really started with her, uh, being in her, her kitchen, um, and then I went into her to the restaurant business in high school that really further engulfed that and, and 
grew there. But my grandmother, um, I'm not sure mustn't is a word, but she used to say, instead of must not, she used to say mustn't all the time. I like it. And she would say, you mustn't do that, or you mustn't be that way. You must be kind. And I know it's cliche these days to say, you know, be kind. There's kind bars. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. But my grandmother was telling me that in 1988. You know, so I really just was a a good, slow country upbringing. we never wanted for anything, but we never had anything extra either. Um, if you didn't like what mom put on the table for dinner, you went hungry. Uh, there was no, you know, second, third meal. Um, my mom pinched pennies. Um, we like to laugh and joke now about some of the meals she put out in front of us because that's all we could do. Um, but but it really, that upbringing really made me who I was or who I am, excuse yeah. me. Um, those, those things in life. And I've, I've had a thousand challenges since then. Um, my first semester of college, I had a little bit too much fun and, and they, they let me stay the second semester. Um, very thankful and, and had a blessed, um, college experience where I played baseball out in, in Wise County at UVA's college at Wise. Um, uh, went through a divorce that failed after 10 years, but I have two wonderful children, two daughters um, from that. Abigail is 20 and Carter's going to be 18. She thinks she's 37. Um, and, and, Currently have, have are remarried with a, a wonderful, beautiful bride, Rachel, and, and her son, Aiden, who just turned 16. Um, about probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, one Sunday morning, uh, I'm not a very religious person, and that comes from the fact that my father passed away when I was eight, and you have all these questions about why. Right. Um, but one Sunday morning, for some reason, the Reverend Charles Stanley was on TV, on on abc and his sermon was about worry and give your worries to the lord for he will worry for you and again i'm not a very religious person my mom every sunday saturday night begs me to go to church on sunday morning and i rarely do right um but i really am a firm believer in letting things go if it's out of your control there's no sense in sweating it there's no sense in stressing over it um you know i'm not a big believer in in everything happens for a reason either i think things happen based on the choices you make in yeah, life. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, I, it's almost to a point where my kids and, and, and Rachel and, and people around me will laugh and say, yeah, yeah, Patrick life's about choices, but that's the bottom line. Life's about choices. Um, I, I vividly recall having a conversation with a, a friend of ours when we were in our mid to late twenties and I bought my first rental property and he didn't know how he could, I could afford that or we could afford that. And, I thought I, I, I kind of said to him, it's like, it's choices, man. I'm not going out and, and drinking at bars. I'm not buying packs of $4, $5 cigarettes. I'm not, um, you know, I, I, I make a grocery list and I stick to it. And those little things really add up in life. It's, it's really, really, um, you, you mentioned the, the debt-free phases. We've gone through phases where we budgeted. We've gone through phases where we, we talked about the Dave Ramsey, where you put all your cash in an envelope. Right. Um, yeah. It really is just to a point in life where you realize that there's bad debt, there's good debt, there's there's growth, there's investing, there's real estate has been wonderful to both of us, like it has been to so many people in this world. Um, I just had so many varying experiences around people when I worked at the restaurant, the Surrey House, that was the little local country dive. But, you know, that's where the farmers that were worth more money than we ever could imagine yeah. came in and drank coffee at three o'clock every afternoon. Um, one of the biggest, earliest influences in my life was Johnny Marilla, um, a, a gentleman in Surrey that's passed away, that just sitting there having those conversations with him at the counter at the Surrey house, that at 22 years old, you don't realize yeah. what they mean to you. But weekly, I think about Johnny Marilla. I think about, um, I don't know if you remember, you, you might have still been at Radford when uh, this company out of Georgia, Glosson Investments, came up here. They bought 14,000, excuse me, 15,000 acres from International Paper or Georgia Pacific One mm-hmm. for $14 million. And the guy came up from Georgia and stayed in the Surrey House Motel and ate dinner every night. And I picked his brain. Like, right. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Right. And he would talk about the price of land. And I took it back to a, a, the gentleman that was kind of my father figure after my past father, dad passed away and, and said, hey, there's some land around here for $1,000 an acre for, for dirt. And he said, oh, it's not worth more than 600 well, before you could get over there and sign a contract, somebody else had done it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just really those experiences at the Surrey House and the and the and the time with my family and time working. I, I spent five wonderful years with a gentleman superintendent in Surrey Schools, Mr. Lloyd Hamlin, that's passed away. That was a, a old wise soul that that really instilled a lot of me too. It's just it's just life experiences in the last you know twenty two years since I've been out of college that have really 
turn me into the person in the, in the mental mindset I am that, you know, see the good in everything, hustle and control what you can control. And if you yeah. can't control it, let it shake out and, and then deal with it from there. Yep. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's why you and I, I think connected so many years ago, like we connected as we were adults, you know, I was just out of college. You had been out of college for a couple of years, but we both had that, that mindset of just, let's figure this thing out, right. you know, and if we can't, let's figure out why we can't and then figure out, go from there, you know? And, uh, so it, and I've, I've watched you. I've, I've, I remember, I mean, we won't spend a lot of time on details, but just certain deals you would do that nobody else would do or even consider doing, you know, whether it be a house or a piece of land that you would buy. And like, man, uh, like the piece on, um, Route 10, nobody's going to know what we're talking 40. about. Oh, 40, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, nobody would buy it, and you bought it and figured out a way to make real good money on it. And, you know? and my time with John Marilla at the Surrey House Counter is right. the reason that I knew that was a good deal. That deal was, uh, there's an old railroad bed that runs down Route 40 here in Surrey County that has always been a separate tax parcel. So when I bought that 44 acres, it was 40 acres and four acres. And I said to myself, I don't need to do a subdivision. I need to do a boundary line adjustment. Right, right. And that's not stuff that most 30 year old people know, Yeah. but it's just through those experiences that you, that you, you listen and you pick up the knowledge and, and, and you do the things. Um, I tell people all the time, when I met Rachel, my wife, she used to laugh about like how she did. She's from Chesterfield. She didn't know anything about land. She yeah. thought land was silly. Uh, or didn't realize that there was a, you know, there's money in timber and there's money in the dirt and there's money in hunting leases. Yeah. Or, and we hunt, so we don't lease it, but still um, there's, you know, people don't realize that kind of stuff. Um, I think we probably could have written that by dirt book. I enjoyed the, mm -hmm. the book yeah. and, and I read it. I read it and shared it with you. Um, but those are things that we were doing. Um, my, my favorite deal I've ever done in my life, it wasn't the most profitable by any stretch of the imagination, was um, I bought a truck one time from a from an estate sale and drove it to CarMax. I clean, took it home, cleaned it, drove it to CarMax the next day and made $5,000 off of it. Right. I mean, right. it's... It, it's a middle, right. it's a it's a middle mindset of what you can do with what you have. Yep. So we, and that that what that deal that truck deal reminded me of something you and I did together, right when I got out of college. And need, I mean, we didn't have money. Like you sure. you had built your house, mm -hmm. um, and which was at your age, nobody was building a house that young, you know. And 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 you had a young family, right. you know, but. Um, and me, I was, I think at the time, still living in my first property, which was an old single-wide trailer, but I had figured out a way to buy that. Right. But we, and I don't remember how, but somehow we got on to the fact that Walmart would, would somehow <laughs> put a, a, like a very specific tag on certain items in the store that they were trying to clear out, clear sales. Mark down money. Right. And, and... Somehow we figured out if you can get in touch with the store manager or the department manager, those items were negotiable if you bought the whole block, right? And Correct. so we, we bought tr a truckload of golf balls one time. Golf balls was our big money right. maker. Hunting clothes. Hunting clothes, hunting calls. Right. Um, uh, hand warmers that you break right. open and keep your hand warm. Markdown money. We a gentleman that we met through Surrey Hunt Club. That's right. Um, told us that Don Nice. Uh, yep, yep. Told us what he was doing and, yep. and how he did it. And we were both very skeptical. Yeah. And one day, um, I went into Walmart and I had Abigail with me, who's now twenty, and she was probably two, and uh, she had a doctor's appointment or something. I was off work, and I put her in the little uh, kid holder in the front of the cart. Was walking around the store. And I saw all these golf balls on the top, and they were top flight 18 packs that were $22.50 a, a piece or something like that. And they were marked down to $9.98 on clearance. So I asked the little kid, I said, can you get me a manager? I said, give me the department manager. He said, okay. Took like 10 minutes, and the, the general manager of the store came by, and I said, you got any marked down money on these golf balls? And he looked at me like, how do you know that? Right. And I, I hope I'm not getting in trouble with Walmart right now. But um, I, I often walk through Walmart and Lowe's and see all the clearance signs and yeah. still think about that. And he, he came back there and he looked at it. It was some turkey, HS strut, um, turkey hunting t-shirts right. and camo and different things. And I said, I'll buy all of it right now. If you How much marked down money can you give me? And he said, you're going to buy all those golf balls right now. I said, yeah, I'm going to take every one of them. And he said, I give you 50 and I thought he was going to give me like 50 cents off a pack or $50 off of all of them. And it was hundreds of dollars of yeah. golf balls. 
And I said, okay. And he said, yeah, I'll give you 50% off of all of it. And I said, so you give me 50% off the original price? And he said, no, I'm going to give you 50% off the clearance price. Yeah. I said, I'll take every one of them. Right. And we found out pretty quickly that they fit in an express mailer from Walmart three at a time. We sold them on eBay, probably tripled our money on them. And again, yeah. it wasn't a lot of money, but uh, I called you about it and you found some at a Walmart. Yeah. Uh, I found them again. I think we found them three times before it kind of ran out on us, but Man, I hadn't thought about that in years. That's funny. That that, I mean, that really was right. Uh, that was like my. I mean, that was right when I got out of college, there was so much stuff I didn't have anywhere to store it. So we were storing it right. in one of your best rare bedrooms. That's right. Um, but no, I did. And another funny story is you talk about like <laughs> this is a. So we used to play a lot of poker at your house, yep. you know, and you you would do these big cookouts, and I mean Patrick would bring. It, he his gift of uh, many gifts, but one of them is he can put together an event that it doesn't matter if it's fifty people or five hundred people. He's gonna figure out how to feed everybody till they're sick and put on a good event. So he used to do that quite a bit, still does. But um, back in the day, he would do it, and we didn't have much. None of us had any money, but he'd figure out a way to throw a big party for everybody. Sometimes. Um, we have a lot of fun, but the end of these parties, as people were, you know, going home, we'd sit down and play poker. You know, there's always a group of eight or ten of us that would play poker. Patrick had built a nice poker table. Abigail, I don't know that Carter was born, the story I'm going to tell, but Abigail was little. And she was asleep in her back bedroom. And Patrick <laughs> had run out of money. <laughs> he lost all his money, which we weren't playing for a lot of money. So that goes to show just how tight we all were back then. But he run out of money. He's like, I can't play anymore. He's like, no, I got an idea. So <laughs> talking about figuring it out and finding something positive. He goes back and walks out of Abigail's room with a jar or piggy bank. Her college fund at two years old, probably. And ended up Sorry. wiping the table after that. Like he, he bought back in and took everybody's money. <laughs> so a uh, good return on that. But no, those, those, it's just examples like that we go on and on about where you just always find a way and find a way to get something positive out of it. And you're not going to win all on all of right. it. You certainly haven't, you right. know, but most you have yes. like, because you're resilient. You don't just lay down and say, Oh, this one's over. You figure it out. And, and it's, it's just been remarkable how you've done that. Um, and, you know, you mentioned earlier, and this is something you and I don't talk about this much at all. And I, I don't know that we ever, ever really talked about it much, but we both lost our fathers due to different circumstances. But at a young age, I, I was about eight years old when my dad kind of went out of our lives right. and, and you were too. Now your dad through an unfortunate accident, my dad through unfortunate choices he made, but we were both raised by single mothers and it's tough for me to articulate to people and I, I don't even try that often but how much of a a motivation that gave me to be just a wonderful husband and sure. a wonderful dad and and I kind of have always I think a lot of the success and ability I've been able to have to just overcome obstacles come from that little bit of chip on my shoulder like I can I'm going to prove to everybody I can do it regardless of not having a, a dad in, right. in my house. Do you, do you feel the same way? I mean, can you speak to that a little I do. bit? Um, I, my, my, I think my hustle and, and mindset really started seeing my mom go back to college. My mom was a teacher. Um, she moved here from Southwest Georgia. At, I think she married my dad at like 20. Uh, he was from here. He was in the Navy and, and was down in Georgia and met my mom. They got married down there and moved back up here. Um, and she drove a car across the ferry every day to William and Mary, got her undergraduate degree. Um, high school age, probably about the time my, my brother started driving at 16, so he could drive himself. And then he drove him and my sister. He graduated, went to UVA. My sister started driving the two of us, and then I was home alone. Well, that's when my mom really started going back to school, and she got her endorsement to be a reading specialist, then got an endorsement to be assistant principal, then got an assistant principal's job, um, drove 51 miles each way for 11 years to be a principal in, in the city of Suffolk. Um, I think when you see a, a, a woman that, that raises three kids on her own, much like you, your, your mom did, works every day, cooks dinner, sacrifices the time. I mean, the Little League games. My mom was the commissioner of our, our Surrey right. County Pony Youth Baseball Team Association for years and years and years. I mean, 
I can still see my in my mind us putting the grill, our gas grill in the back of my dad's truck after he passed away to take it to the ball field so she could run the concession stand. Uh, going in food line because they had two liters for 59 cents and everybody wants to know why you're buying 102 liters right. because she's trying to get the best deal for the Little League Association. Um, she's still tight as a tick too and, and I think I stress her out with some of the things we do but um, some of the investments that, that we make um, we just flipped a house down the road and she was very nervous about it and uh, matter of fact I was uh, 608B's first first customer on yeah. that one yeah. um, and it was uh it, it turned out to be a great thing so um she's she's a, she lives in a different era than, than than we currently do or grew up in a different era um but i really think that that it, every piece of me and, and the hustle um is owed to her um there's a the gentleman harvey horsefall that i spoke of earlier that kind of picked me up and took me hunting and fishing after my dad and granddad died he was a real good friend and, and uh, fellow hunter of theirs um, he was very frugal and worked hard and, and worked extra jobs. Um, I remember him telling me he owned an apartment complex when he was in his 20s. And um, so it's just about the relationships you have with people. And, and I'm not a big rah-rah guy. And I'm, I'm probably never going to write a book and, 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 and talk about, um, you know, truly giving things to God and let him worry for you. I just think that struck me more as a, here's what you've been given. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Well, no, I love it. It's it's like when I worked at Farm Bureau, my signature in my email for the last several years was, that I was there was um, train your mind to see the good in every situation. And that that's like that's a hard thing to do. You're, it's not natural. I mean, to some people it is, but like to actually truly assess every bad situation and say, OK, this makes me sad right now but there's some good that can come sure. out of this and let me let me flip this and and leverage it as a positive so it's we go on and on about that but um you know and you, and you mentioned this flip house you you did up the road here recently um and that's funny you're our first podcast guest you were our first customer <laughs> that we did a loan through through the fund now bill and i've been lending prior to that but through the actual 608b capital fund you, you were our first and that that went great. I mean, it checked all the boxes. You you made money. We made money on it. The the person you bought it from, you got them out of a jam. Right. I think her husband had just passed away, and and she just he, yep he had passed away, and she was um, kind of at her wits end with what to do. They had young children. Um, she called me. I went over there to list the house. Uh, you know, I had my real estate license, so I went over there to list the house for her for sale, and she had. Uh, expressed her desires to me to what she needed to get out of it and how bad she wanted to just get out of it. And uh, I came home and talked to Rachel about it. And Rachel, like I said earlier, doesn't have any real estate experience at all. And um, I, I, we talked about it and we talked about it. And, and finally, I just said, Rachel, I said, I, when you met me, I own this house that we currently live in. I had a couple of rental houses. Uh, I've sold over 200 houses in the six, seven years that I've had my real estate license for other people, um, myself included, but for other people, mostly. Um, you know, trust me, here's the numbers. This is the, and, and again, when I send this over to Jason and Bill, you know, to fund it, they're not going to just accept it because we're friends. They're going to, they're going to vet it and we're going to make sure it checks out as well. Um, and, and everybody won on that. We, we hope to do it. You know, it, of course we had the six month window and my goal was four months. We closed it in like a hundred days. Um, we, we nailed the budget. Um, we went a little over on some things, but we came in way under on some things. Um, closing stretched out like five or six days longer than, than expected on the buyer's end, but that was his lender. Um, nothing that ever scared us. Um, we put a lot of money out, put a lot of money in it, but you know, we did well at the, at the end and, and everybody came out. So it's just a, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, just it, full circle really that right. we're, we're headed in this direction now after, um, I mean, I don't know how any hashtag debt free in five years yeah. to send each other <laughs> being funny, but, right. um, we're, we're a long way from those days. And it's, it, and again, it, not to be cliche, but it's about the choices we've made mm -hmm. as we've yeah ridden the run. And I, when I was driving over here, um, I was thinking you and I had never, we've never done a deal together, like a real estate. Yeah. And I, I don't know how that's possible, how close <laughs> we've been, but um, and you, now you've certainly helped me right. with a lot of deals, but then this last flip, I mean, it, it technically was our first deal together. Right. You know, we kind of worked together on that um, as far as us funding it and you, you doing the work. But um, and then then on the back end of all that, you get a buyer that gets what? A, it's five acres, five and a half, acres, five and a half acres of beautiful. I mean, the, if 
I wish I could show pictures of it right now, but what you did from start to finish, you turned that into a, a dream house for somebody that's going to come in. And it's a big house. Right. What, 2,500 square feet? 2,500 square feet. Um, five acres. Four, five and a half food. acres, double car garage, detached shed, huge open yard. Um, a local contractor of ours, it's a, actually a cousin of mine, uh, Bigfoot Thomas. Uh, he came in and he said, man, I really think you need to do this, this, and this. And I really didn't want to pay for it. And he talked me into it, and we did it, and it just turned out phenomenal right. um, in the in the yard work and, and the interior. But, you know, it pays to have good friends, good contractors. Um, you got to have a, a, a general contractor you can turn to to really yeah. count on. Um, and, and those are experiences um, that I've, you know, I've picked up over my 10 or 15 year. I, I Like you said, talked about earlier, we bought and sold a bunch of real estate for sale by owner, whether there was no agent involved or I acted as my own agent. Um, and you, you meet and you, and you have all these experiences, you meet all these contractors, but the, one of the really cool things about flipping that house was when we listed it for sale, it had like 17 shares on, we've put it on, you know, posted on Facebook cause it's free and it's a great marketing tool. And I think we had like 17 shares of the listing and like 15 of the 17 shares were people that had a finger on that house. Mm -hmm. The guy that did the roof shared it. You and Bill shared right. it. Um, Thomas and Bigfoot's landscaping here in Surrey, he, he shared it. Um, our insurance agent shared it. I mean, just everybody down the line shared it. And it's just so cool to see all these people that you're helping, you know, you're helping them keep a business going yeah. and they're, and they're right. you know, it's, it's a really, really neat thing to do, especially down here in little, little Surrey where, the properties are, are few and few. Right. And I, I tell people, like a lot of people, real estate investing sometimes gets a bad rap, you know, because people think, oh, you're a slumlord, blah, right. blah, blah. But not, like we're in this to make money, obviously. But if we do it the right way and we stick to the ethics, the principles, right. everything that we're about, everybody wins right. on the front end, the back end. Like, right. again, you help somebody get out of a bad situation. You created a great situation for the new buyers and then everybody in between right got a little and, piece of the, the, the buyer on this house was actually the, the buyer's agent was they were brothers and uh i kept saying to him look you if something's wrong you need to tell me because we're gonna fix it it's four miles down the road yeah i drive by it a couple times a week right like i'm a i'm a licensed agent in this county um i do a ton of business in this county i i actually picked up a listing across the street from flipping that house that, uh, that that's on 45 acres that'll go live in a couple a uh, week or two um i'm i live here i'm invested here we're going to do the right thing i was raised to do the right thing we're going to do the right thing we're going to make it so it's right uh, when that we had a pre-listing home inspector or pre-purchase home inspection on that house that revealed some things but the young lady was very honest with me about what she needed to get out of it and i felt like it was a good deal of that right. um that inspector missed a few things and it came up in the, in the purchase inspection. The guy said, I'm going to send you a wish list. And I wrote him back and I said, it's granted. I said, you know, I'm not, right. I'm not here to, to, to pull wool over your eyes. If you, you know, you put makeup on a pig and the pig comes out in a month, I live four miles down the road. Mm -hmm. um, it's about doing the right thing right. And, and, and keeping everybody happy. Yeah. And talk, and we'll, we'll kind of um, talk a little bit about your, your real estate agent career as well um and we'll kind of um, wrap up after that but you you're very humble and you don't you don't talk about this a lot but you're one of those that you see a lot of negative comments or people talking negative about part-time real estate agents right you know folks that have yeah. a, a full-time job and they're they sell a few houses a year uh to make a little extra money but they're not not all in so why would you use that agent blah 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 you have a very big and demanding job, a W-2 job. It's, it's, it's a big job. You have what responsible for a couple hundred folks under your department mm -hmm. or whatever it is demanding. You got to spend a lot of time on it. It is nights, weekends, and you do a hell of a job on your job. You always have every step of your career to build where you're at now. And then what, six years ago, seven years ago, you get your real estate license. Yep. And, you, in, in 2016, uh, I, I, in my 21st year working in public education, uh, I've always been on the, on the operation side, no instruction. Um, so my, my ability to, to answer a phone call during the day and things like that helps. Um, I spend a lot of time on nights and weekends uh, in real estate. Um, and That's the part you don't talk about much. Right. Right? You do, and I see it. And, I, and, and what, what really makes Rachel and I such a great balance is 
um, she's in the in the insurance world like you were, but she's on the adjuster uh, side, claims. claims and adjuster side. She works a lot too. She's in charge of a team of twelve, and and it's spread out from 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 Texas east down to Florida and up to New York. Um, so when I sit down on the computer every night after dinner and pull out my laptop, she pulls hers out. We're, we're, we're very balanced in that. Aiden lives with us full time. He's 16. So he's upstairs doing his thing anyway. Um, but uh, I've, I've always had wonderful superintendents that I work for um, from the first one to the, the one I currently work for. And in my third school division, I've always just tried to grow and, and, and do anything I can to make, to make money. Really. I've, I've, I've coached, I've been athletic director. I've done HR, I'm uh, now, you know, oversee operations and, and support services for, for the entire division. Um, but it's really about prioritizing. That's my day job. That's my health insurance. That's my state retirement. Would I, would I like to give that up to, to, to chase the real estate dream? I absolutely would. Uh, am I 21, almost 21 years invested in a 30 year program? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, absolutely. I am. Um, but um, I was I was actually showing the superintendent in my last school division a house. I took her to show a uh, to, to a house one day. She didn't know where it was. She was new to the area, and I met the agent that that owns the brokerage I work for now. And she said, "You you know a lot about real estate. You really ought to get your license." And I called her a month later, and I said, "If you're being serious, I'm gonna do it." And um, we have a good mutual friend, Adam Roach, sits in real estate. And I called him and I said, "Where'd you do your license?" He said, "You got these are your options." took the class. I called the guy and I said, man, I'm concerned. This is a 40 hour class and I'm done at hour 24. And he said, if you're ready to take the test, go right ahead. Took it, pass it on my first try. Big old brains. Uh, I, I was raised by a teacher, so I didn't <laughs> much choice. Um, but the really funny part about the real estate career is I, I got my license in September, 2016. And I didn't sell anything until May of 2017. Well, that didn't really concern me. I knew it would take a while. Um, first year, I think I had like seven or eight closings next year i did 12 or 13 i mean last year i i, I had i think 40 closings and, and was the number six agent in our, in our entire mls right part-time part-time um my my rookie year that year 2017 my numbers qualified for rookie of the year but they didn't allow me to win because i was a part-time agent right um so uh, not that I'm biased or I'm still mad about it or anything <laughs> um but i actually hit last year my fit in my i hit the five-year um an award all five years in a row and hit the highest sales category there is. And again, out of, um, I think it was like 540 agents. I was number six in the entire MLS right. and still held down my, my full-time job. So, um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, my, my daughters will tell you they I've sacrificed some time with them and I, and I regret that. Um, Rachel and Aiden would tell you the same thing since, since they've been in my life. But, um, you know, it, I want, I want these kids to know, I want, my grandkids to know that this is what it takes to be successful in this world that my mom told me one time when I started working the public school system, if you ever want to make more money, you're going to have to do more work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. one of the truest statements I've ever heard. Right. You, money doesn't fall in your lap unless you're a gifted out athlete or a talented artist. you got to get out there and go for it. Yep. And, and as you've gotten, you know, you've lived that you've done more work, you've made more money. And as you get older, it's just like myself, you start realizing the work starts becoming a lot more mental, you right. know, and, and, and figuring out levers to pull and, and you're still doing it, but like how to, you know, eventually you want to get to a point where you're making money in your sleep, you right. know, so you've set up these proper investments right. and stuff like that. And, uh, and you're doing that as well. It's not like you're again, uh, it's remarkable because you're, you're working this pretty demanding W2 career, uh, real estate as an agent. I mean, you, you <laughs> I know even you've helped me buy and sell several houses and I, I pepper you with questions right. along the way and I'm pretty low maintenance. I can't imagine some of the stuff <laughs> you deal with and, and you still get it done. You don't complain and you still are an active investor yourself, wheeling and dealing, yep. buying and selling. And um, it, it's, it's impressive, man. So um, I think you know, we talk about all in mindset. Uh, you're, you're the epitome of that. And, and, you know, it's important to me as, you know, this podcast, our goal is to interview some of the greatest minds on the planet, you know, so, and, and, you know, we're kind of starting soft here, but, uh, but, I don't think I'm anywhere near the greatest mind on the planet, but I, I appreciate being included. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's again, like I said earlier, it's special to me. Um, you, you know, we, 
we're going to ask uh, every guest the same three questions. One of them you've, you've really answered through earlier conversation. That's kind of who your your superheroes are. Like if this was a movie, who would your super, right. superheroes? And just from what you've said, I've, I've heard your mom. I've heard um, Harvey, uh, Mr. Hamlin. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you've had a bunch. Uh, my mom, for sure. My grandmother. Yeah. We spent a lot of time with my grandmother because my yeah. mom taught and was taking classes. Mr. Hamlin was amazing. He's, he, I was the HR person. He would take me up to a school we were remodeling and, and say, this is why we do this and this. And that, now that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, he's been wonderful. John Marilla. Um, uh, John Marilla sitting at the bar at the Surrey House. Mike Stevens that, that owned the Surrey yeah. House when I worked there is a tremendous, very successful real estate agent in Williamsburg right now. I talk to him him regularly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it really just it comes down to, I mean, down to, to Rachel. My wife is a, a double mastectomy breast cancer right. survivor. She's, right. She has grown a team from, I think she told me the other day when she started with this, her current company, there was four or five of them and she's up to 12 and um, just seeing numbers and, and returns on her, her hard work and through her, her, not only the growth of her team, but the growth of her career and the growth of her reach. And, you know, it all comes back to you in, in, in evaluations with the owner and, and your, your pay and your, your bonus structure and all that. It's, it's really just a, a matter of you really truly get in what get out what you put in yeah and i mean <laughs> can't see it you know right now we're just sitting on a couch in an office but this house we're in right now and i again I, you're very humble but that we're sitting in a extremely nice house on the james river which is in surrey county um you're looking and, the wrong way but a tugboat just went by right I mean, we can <laughs> the, the river's right there i could throw a ball through a window and be in the river um but you you didn't buy this house like it, it, this is a m million dollar view all these things but you were able to get very creative and we don't have to go through all that right now but you were able to be very creative and structure a few things pull it together and get into a house like this that you know in reality could you have afforded this house at market value yes you could have it would have been tight but you could have but you were able to get creative again help somebody that was trying i think was a former doctor that was moving out of town. Is that right? Sold everything, yeah. moved down to Alabama. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so you helped him out, and now your family's in this remarkable place. Right. I mean, and, and um, it's just enough. You have more stories like that of just wheeling and dealing and yeah. figuring out how to make things happen, but always doing it ethically. You know, sure. I mean, like you haven't you haven't taken advantage of a single person through all your transactions right. and th and that's that's a tough thing to if, for, you know if anything my, my my wife will tell you that uh I, I have built a big a big business on relationships yeah. and helping people out if you you know if you get to the finish line and you don't quite have that last closing cost dollar then i'll take i'll give it to you out of my commission i, I right. i'm good with that yeah. i, I want to see people succeed um if you need me to sell your house because to help you buy a house and you just need A out of this and B out of that, I'm going to do what I need to do in the commission structure right. to get you there. Right. Um, I, I, she tells me I'm too nice to people. I think it's no. the reason It's the reason that I have the business that I have. Yep. Um, I actually, real quick, I looked at this house online two months before I bought it, and, and it has an apartment attached to it, and I knew what it would rent for. And I said to myself, man, if that house was $50,000 lower than it is right now, I can make that work. Mm -hmm. Two months later, they lowered the price fifty thousand right. dollars, and I had a contract on it two days later. Right. It, it's about being prepared for yeah. your next move. Yeah. And then that you come into the house, they didn't want to take any of the stuff with them, right. and you got, geez, I don't, I don't even know what kind of value of contents in the house, dishes and tools right. and all kinds of stuff. It's good stuff, man. But um, I ask you a couple more questions. Um, what do you want? You know, you. You don't wake up tomorrow morning, um, as sad as that would be. What do you want folks to remember about you? What's your legacy? What do you want them to say about Patrick? Well, it, you know, it, it, there's lots of things I would like for people to say. Um, there's a few, few people in this world that probably totally disagree. Yeah. But uh, I, I want people to, to remember me for being kind and, and, and giving and, and doing the extra step for, for them. Um, I look at my wife and these kids and I think about, I always go back to that Garth Brooks song, um, if tomorrow never comes, um, did I show them every way, every day that I loved them in every right, way. Right. Um, I definitely want the, the, the family and, and the kids to remember me in that way. And that, and that I set them up for life. If I was to pass away tomorrow, have we put in place that their college can still be paid for it in there? Will they have some help with the down payment? Um, um, 
you know, I've, I've had people in my life talk to me about how they, they help their kids buy houses to save them interest and give them a head start. I just want to be able to do those things for my kids. I don't want to spoil them. I want them to work hard. I want them to see that this is what it takes to get those things, but I also want them to receive the things from it. So um, I try to do what I can. Um, You know, I'm supportive of the Surrey baseball team. The Surrey baseball field is where I got my start. It helped pay for my college. It helped, you know, get me out with very little debt out of college. Uh, I try to get back to the baseball team when I can. Um, It's just, it's just a, 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 I'd like to leave a legacy of, of, you know, he hustled, he didn't waste time or money, moved with purpose and, did everything he can to put his family in the best situation. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough to know you well enough that all those things will be things that I remember. But when I think of you, I, you, you just like, you live off of everybody else around you being happy. Yeah. You live off of yeah, it. Yeah. Like you, again, I mentioned it earlier, you have these big gatherings and cookouts and you'll be just drenched in sweat over a cooker <laughs> You know, with a drink in your hand, just having, you're having the time of your life. You look miserable as hell, but you love it. And and at the end of the night, watching everybody, and I, I have similar, you know, I, I I love this stuff as well, but you're a better cook than I am. <laughs> but it, it, I've watched you over the years. You'll sit back in your kitchen while everybody, you got 30 people eating steaks or a barbecue or whatever, and they're, God, Patrick, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, like, <laughs> deep down, that means a lot to you. And I and oh, I yeah. know that like that drives you to make sure everybody around you, you're having a, a positive, happy yeah. influence on them. And I, I love it, man. So um, one thing we want to do with, with every podcast is give the folks listening um, something to take away that, I mean, obviously you're giving them some good mindset nuggets and stuff like that, but something tangible they can go today or sometime soon look up and actually take some action and get value out of so one thing we're going to ask everybody is give me a couple books or whether it be specific podcast episodes or something like that that have influenced you that may help our listeners if they go so um i I never really got into the whole podcasting until a couple years ago when you started telling me hey you ought to you know listen to this Mm -hmm. or, or look at that and i've gotten into that some um, I don't really know that I have any individual ones that really stand right. out that, that struck a nerve with me. Um, that Buy Dirt book, uh, Mark P- Podolsky, I don't want to butcher his name. It's just a simple book. It's called Buy Dirt. I think I paid $10 for shipping yeah. and the book was free, quote unquote. Um, and it's really just about the, the, the premise of there's all this land for sale in the world or these, there's land that's going to be auctioned off because people haven't paid their taxes or um, – or in a state that that somebody might need to unload land. Um, I, we own a condo down in Sandbridge. I mailed letters to 128 people based on a conversation you and I had, um, and we bought it off market with no real estate commission at all from from me or another agent. And the the seller passed that along to me. Um, it's just the the simple mindset of of there's there's ways to make money in this world that people don't think of and that buy dirt book is about subdividing land or owner financing it back to somebody if you don't need the money um i coached for a couple years in surrey and a a cousin of mine gave me a john wooden book about the pyramids of success and if you really go back to the john wooden stuff that is the most basic of preparation like he used to teach his guys at ucla how to put on their socks and lace their shoes I mean, you know, nobody thinks of that far back, but he won seven or however many national championships. Um, it's a foundation of discipline. Right, you know? right. right. And, then, and then the one that kind of goes back, takes me back to college is um, Think and Grow Rich, which is also a very simple mindset or simple uh, um, premise. But it was Napoleon Hill, who was a, a native of Wise County, out where I went to college. And the book was just called Think and Grow Rich. And it was all about the, the power of positivity and, and mindset and if you if you can dream it, you can be it. Um, and and he rose from poverty to being a self made millionaire. Um, and it's just just a simple paperback read from the I don't know twenties or thirties probably. And right. it's, it's not anything fancy or frou frou, but it really is a if you want to be in this position, you have to have the mindset that you're going to get there and do the things to do it. Yep. And uh, those are all. Uh, I've read Think and Grow Rich and Buy Dirt. I have not read Wooden's books. So I need to check that out. Um, but we'll link those in the show notes. So if y'all are interested, uh, go there, Amazon or wherever we link them and uh, check them out. Patrick, uh, I want 
to you know we, we, you and i could go on for hours yeah. with this and uh <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun but um i appreciate you man I'm, I'm proud to call you my friend one of my best friends and uh you know as you mentioned earlier, you know, as we started growing with our families and stuff, we were kind of different stages because your kids are about 10 years older right. than mine. So that we didn't get to spend as much time through those years as and still today, my kids are still young, seven and uh, about to be 12. So I got a few more years of that grind. But, um, you know, as we move forward, I'm looking forward to our years to come and, and continuing growth and uh you know, as we get to these later stages of our careers, which we're still young, we're in our 40s, but the influence we're going to be able to have on other oh, yeah. people through things like this podcast and through things like, you know, the things you're involved with. And um, and we'll never stop as long as we right. live. I just hope we live long enough That's to right. keep doing it for, for many years to come. But uh, but I appreciate you. I appreciate the time. And, um, yeah, man, I, I hope, you know, our listeners, if you got nothing else from this, it's just – be positive. You know, your choices that you make now are going to influence tomorrow and beyond. Patrick's lived that his whole life. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. So with that, we'll wrap a bow around it and appreciate you. My yeah, man. man, appreciate All you. Right. All right, guys. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, that was my first podcast interview. So, and it was with one of my best friends. And so that, that meant a lot to me. He dropped a bunch of nuggets, and it was a good conversation. Um, Patrick's just natural, able to articulate things in a very good, digestible way. Um, so, so I enjoyed the heck out of that. I uh, hope you all did as well and got some practical takeaways from it um, around mindset and things like that. We'll drop all uh, the books and stuff he referenced in the, the show notes. Um, and as always, our, our podcast is presented by 608B Capital Funding. Um, so if you have any investment needs or, um, short-term loan needs for real estate, uh, reach out to us on any of the platforms, check us out, check the burn the boats podcast out, um, like it, share it, check us out on Instagram at six. So everything is 608 B capital group on all the social media and YouTube platforms. So, um, give us a like share and, uh, share it with all your friends. Cause we want to get this out in, in front of as many people as possible. So thanks again to Patrick. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good one.